0: Welcome to the Gatecast, and our journey to the Pegasus galaxy, and the city of the ancients, Atlantis.
1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 235, and we have a returning occasional guest.
0: You ready, Jeff?
2: There we go, I was muted. Hello. (laughs) How you doing? Alright. How you guys doing?
0: Good evening everybody. Welcome to continuing adventures of Stargate Atlantis. We're into season three now. And Jeff returns.
2: Hi all. Finally got Hi my up. internet straightened out.
0: That and work. Yeah. Work always gotta come first. Keep trying to tell that to Brad, but he keeps insisting on getting up in the middle of the night.
1: What is this work thing of we... Good point. Oh I should be drafting at least the introduction to my thesis at this point.
0: Oh, what are you on about? You've got another what, eighteen months, two years, on not you?
1: Technically you're supposed to have a written by June of the second year.
0: Hang on a minute. It seems a bit
2: early.
1: Well, I started in September of last year.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, plenty of time then. Indeed.
2: I actually made what I now view as a huge error. I sold all my Stargate um, <laughs> to half-priced books. Yeah. Because, like, it was on Netflix. It's always on Netflix. I don't need like, 15 seasons of DVDs sitting around. And then, like, a month later, they took it off.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's the way it happens.
2: I got, like, $70
0: in trade-in for it, though. I say it's on uh, Amazon now, isn't it?
2: Um... You know it might be. I haven't. I have Amazon, but I I don't watch it too much. I mostly use it to like catch up on um, Justified or uh, The Americans or something.
0: Yeah. A quick update since we recorded this: seasons one through ten of Stargate SD One have been bought by Netflix UK, and I do believe with the right tweaking, uh, anybody with a Netflix account can access them. Happy days.
2: It's the only other thing I watch on Amazon: Yes, Minister and Yes, Prime Minister available without having to pay a price for it.
0: Never watch that when you're on telly. It never really appealed too much.
2: I really like politics, and I've read enough and watched enough stuff that I can actually follow the English politics a little bit.
0: Have you seen The New Statesman? No. That's more out-and-out farce than uh, comedic drama, but also stars the late Rick Mayo from The Young Ones and Blackadder. Okay. Hello? Ah, Was that you, me, or Skype?
2: Uh, it was Alan, actually, I think. Oh, seemed to kill your call.
0: Call on hold. I went, what? I've never even seen that before.
2: I just lost Alan now. Right. I'm looking at the IMDb for uh, the new Statesman. I'm definitely going to have to find a way to check this out with Alan Bastard, played by Rick Mayo.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's right-wing conservative. Yeah. He's basically a crook.
1: Right, sorry, I haven't tweeted. I've been madly ingressing. And my (laughs) trip to Helsinki yesterday was an unmitigated disaster. Why? Well, first of all, I was told, oh, you need to get the train to here. And I was like, okay, I'll get the adult day ticket. But the adult day ticket only covers immediately Helsinki area trains. And I had to pay another fiver for the train ticket to where I was going. Then when I was halfway out in the train, the guy that's supposed to meet me contacted me and said, oh, sorry, greens have blown up that walking farm. You might as well come back into town. So I come back into town. In the meantime, I've given away the uh, daily pass because it's no good to me. And then we have to get a subway out to the driving farm. We do that. It's coming on for about quarter past ten. I'm like my bus leaves at quarter to eleven. It's the last bus back to Turku. I need to get back into town, so I get in the subway train and four inspectors get on. I don't have three euro in cash. Pull out my Finnish ID. She goes, "You live in Finland." You're supposed to know these things. And she hits me with an €80 Euro penalty fine. Ouch. <laughs> which is more than my entire trip to Estonia actually cost. So I was quite pissed off, which is why I dropped into a shop called Little Britannia and paid €10 Euro for six cans of iron brew. I'm hoping to go back out again at 10. I should probably tweet, should I? That's why I turned the laptop on, Unless you already have.
2: I haven't. I haven't.
1: <laughs> you don't have access to our Twitter <laughs> account, yet.
2: But I have my very own Twitter account.
1: I'm sorry, Brad has already captured the market of retweeting our tweet. <laughs> ah, there's me grape. Come hither, grapes. Yeah, that's as much noise as they make. Actually getting the plastic off it. Uh
2: I think it was a month or two last time I had grape.
0: Well, it's always difficult to get the scantily clad girl to feed them to you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, really, you know, less motivated to get grapes when I don't have the scantily clad girl there to feed them to me.
1: <laughs> Three notifications, but I don't know if any of them are from today. Did I? Obviously I did. What? Did I mean season three or season two?
0: Uh, It's always good to know you're keeping track of the very podcast you're on. (laughs) You know we did the season two recap show a couple of weeks ago.
2: You guys just did the season nine recap for SG1, right?
1: Yes, and there's Jeffrey tweeting.
0: Yep, I retweeted.
1: Goodbye. Tonight's show brought to you by Iron (laughs) Brew. Yes, and grapes.
0: I'm eternally thankful for that because there's nothing worse than... Listening to Alan unwrap boiled sweets and then having to edit all the crickling and crackling... <laughs> I have coffee here.
1: Yes, well, it is only 13.30 where you are. Yep. Right then. Ooh, Max offering to join us. Is he? I might join you guys for Atlantis episode or two of Time and Kids Allow.
0: Ah, he replied to my tweet, which was a reply to his tweet, which was a reply to your tweet.
1: Right then, shall we go straight into it?
0: Well, we could announce what episode we're going to do.
1: We could do That'd that, cool. wouldn't we? That'd
0: be cool. Just for the hell of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'd rather keep them on their toes and have them guess.
0: <laughs> well, perhaps they know, which is often more than you do.
1: Eh, that's right
0: my chance. <laughs> yes, folks. He actually remembered the episode number this week.
2: <laughs> we got the season
1: number. Oh, come on. <laughs> I've only got two registers allocated to this.
0: Yeah, we always thought Atlantis got nine seasons, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't to be. This week, we're going to be covering the Season 3 episode, Misbegotten. Lots of pale dudes in this episode.
1: I see. Reminds me of where I live, then.
0: As long as they don't sparkle.
1: Do, do you think there's a certain uh, Scandinavian <laughs> style to the wraith?
0: They're maybe even too pale for Scandinavia.
1: <laughs> well, maybe Lapland. Okay, if everyone is cute and is facing a blank grey screen.
2: Mine looks black.
1: No, 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 scientists this week recently discovered a proper black. I heard.
0: Ah, someone's called you up, Alan. Gatecast episode 235. I missed all 234 previous. Sorry, could you elaborate? SGA season 9, please. From (laughs) Maria Hernandez. (laughs) Uh, Lovely. I'm replying. Oh, it'd be amusing to see what you put. Been watching anything recently, Jeff?
2: Not a whole lot. Last night I went out and I saw the live show for uh, Welcome to Nightville.
0: Yeah. Which was very good.
2: Um, I've watched some of Salem, which is...
0: I have been watching Salem.
2: It's not... Bad, but it's not particularly good either.
0: It has a kind of a, a bit of a soapy edge to it. Yeah. You think maybe if HBO or Showtime had uh, taken it under their wing, maybe even stars,
2: we would have gotten more nipples.
0: Well, yeah, it's uncanny, isn't it? How often you think, oh, oh, there's going to be, oh, no, there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you see plenty of thigh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, otherwise, though, the only other thing I've been watching a lot of lately is um, I've been working through Site on Netflix. It, oh yeah! I never watched that when it was actually on. And now that it's all there, I just happened to start it a couple of weeks or so ago. So I've been enjoying it.
0: Of course, Donna Davis in the pilot. A Psych? Yep. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah! I'll look around for that because that'd be cool. Uh, but uh, one of the funniest bits I saw was a the mistake they made in the show. Gus's little blue car is not a car that's available in the United States. It's a Canadian-only model of car.
1: Oh yeah! Couldn't he buy it in Canada and drive it down?
2: Maybe, but it was never sold in the states.
1: Could be an import. May have got an used lot.
2: If we're going to import a car, we're going to import it from somewhere cool, like Italy or Germany. It was his company car as well. Right. Yeah.
1: So it could be a Canadian pharmaceutical company. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't import
0: would yeah. they <laughs> Don't worry. Something terrible happens to it in a later season. Oh, awesome! <laughs> it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. <laughs>
2: And this is the Saturday B-Movie Reel. Do
3: something. Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's about describes it, yeah.
3: All right, everybody stay here.
2: We look
1: specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Be
4: known throughout the ages as an instant classic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh,
4: limb cutting <laughs> yes. and blood squirting from.
0: <laughs> Flying limbs, <laughs> from I called the- it on my notes. <laughs> what could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since there have been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD.
4: Please, no!
2: By this point I had completely forgotten any <laughs> semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view <laughs> So come on by,
0: get involved and have some fun Check us out at com. Our future
1: depends on it Make it safe
0: Right, we're going to be watching the PAL version of this episode, again a run time of 41 minutes, 48 seconds Give or take a second You want to do the countdown Alan? And we'll be off
1: Okay, call me Cooxy, Ooksie clicky
0: Previously on Stargate Atlantis. And we're back. I was saying going to be a pretty lengthy recap because it's still early in the season three, and quite a lot happened in the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh. Poor Michael, no luck with women.
2: Here, new stacked photo of the giant mountain.
0: Colonel yeah. Shepherd,
4: mm. is that you? Who's this? Targeting the ventral hyperdrive generators will be most effective.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sure. Keep playing the CGI. <laughs> Never going to get old. You spend thousands of dollars and creating nice special effects, you reuse them. <laughs> even if you have to put them in your title sequence.
4: <laughs> that last last pick on our life support, the backups aren't The only breathable air within light years is on the Wraith ship. There's also Wraith.
0: Of course, this is what happened. They used the virus to take over a Hive ship. Slight complications. A couple of hundred form Wraith. <laughs> and what to do with them.
1: Incoming wormhole. Walter.
0: Yes, he's spending a lot of time in Atlantis. <laughs> on Atlantis, not in Atlantis. Walter's not on Atlantis He's, uh, we are watching Stargate Atlantis that's what I that meant
2: I'm glad that they didn't spend too long before they found a workaround so that Atlantis and SGC could communicate pretty regularly and go back and forth yeah.
4: the hive ship we have been tracking is still on
3: course for Atlantis, we expect its arrival shortly
0: activate the cloak of course we've still only got one way gate travel but...
1: and we cloak in a very odd way
0: yeah the video feed is live they are literally on sets right next to each other Walk is engaged.
3: What about our defenses? All railgun positions are manned and operational, and Doctor Beckett is in the drone control chair.
1: Oh dear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that didn't go very well last time. Elizabeth,
3: how are you doing? Oh, just peachy, thanks you.
0: He always looks nervous, <laughs> do not he? You only nearly <laughs> killed Jack O'Neill.
2: Yeah. He looks like every muscle in his body is rigidly tight.
0: Unclench, Gordon. Unclench.
3: Is this even necessary? I mean, we've got the cloak up. Chances are they won't find us and they'll just be on their way.
0: You would have thought, after all this time, they'd have got somebody else who could operate that ship. It would have been first priority. Carson's just a natural with those probes. (laughs) (laughs) Some probes, not all probes. (laughs) If he tells you to bend over and think happy thoughts, you're fine. Guys, seriously. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, (laughs) Jim. Panic. Shoot it down, quick. Mm. Fire. Don't let them arm their weapons.
3: Hive ship just dropped out of hyperspace. Doctor Beckett, stand by.
0: Nothing can go wrong. Everything can go wrong. Oh come on, the tension is killing us. You're making his way. It's just one big tease. Receiving a signal.
3: Uh oh. Atlantis, this is Shepard. Come in. (laughs) Uh huh. John, they made it. We're out of food, water, and we haven't slept in days. But yeah, we made it. So now would not be a good time to fire on us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is it, John? <laughs> it could be a recording. It could be an impersonator. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill us. Please don't kill us.
1: I don't trust Michael. Well, yeah. <laughs> I trust my. Ma- I trust Michael a little less than Roland does.
2: Well, I mean, Michael's going to defect and go to the Enterprise eventually anyway.
0: Well, technically... <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is filmed afterwards.
0: Okay, then. Misbegotten, Season 3, Episode 2 of Sargate Atlantis. Gatecast, Episode 235. This episode was directed by Martin Wood and written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mulley. It got its world premiere in the US, 21st July 2006, Canada, September the 18th, the UK, 25th of October. Our Friends in Sweden got it August 17th, 2007, and in Japan, 24th of October 2008. Only a couple of shows with episodes of the same name, The Dead Zone and Law and Order, but there were a couple of movies, a Portuguese 2007 feature, and a 1998 Canadian feature of the same name. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Pretty CGI, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> the
2: ships always look good on the show.
0: To be fair, only Battlestar even comes close to what these guys did. Mm. I don't think Star Trek, although it did come a little earlier, really managed to inflame it, always looked a bit too cartoony.
1: That's because everything is shiny and perfect in the Trek universe.
0: Right? Could be, yeah. Yeah.
2: Star Trek's always about the perfect future. This isn't a perfect future.
3: Yeah, the Retrovirus were great. Really? How many are there? Well, the ship didn't have a full complement to begin with, but uh still, there are a few.
0: <laughs> Very definite. Oh, no. <laughs> Face plant. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a vending machine, isn't it, really? <laughs>
1: <You just laughs> well, some of those parts to the race were vending machines.
0: Yeah, in the commentary, which was Martin Wood and Paul Mully, this scene ended up being a lot bigger than they thought and they realised they had about 200 prisoners and they wanted the bodies to be moving like they did in the pilot episode mm-hmm. a bit too expensive
3: a ship like this could carry thousands
4: I... don't misunderstand me Dr Weir
0: that I coffee's steaming mm-hmm. that is seriously steaming cup of <laughs> coffee and the, the ventilation's going pretty hard there too <laughs> yes because
4: <laughs> when there's actually a tough decision to be made they suddenly have no opinion The lives of 200 former wraith are not high up on their list of priorities, but the way you dealt with the recent crisis and, quite frankly, the manner in which you responded to their authority. And there's still the issue of whether the intelligence that allowed these hives to get as far as they did was passed to any other wraith colonies.
0: You cannot argue the fact that Stargate were very fortunate to get Robert Picardo on the show.
2: Yeah, he, he really made Mr. Woolsey
0: work. He made you work? No, I'm Mr.
2: Woosley. He's Mr. Woolsey. (laughs) Like
0: they've often said, you know when the producers and the writers of Stargate like a character Mm -hmm. or an actor, they come back.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Cardi does a really good job of being the officious bureaucrat that you really don't like, Mm -hmm. but he's still human. He's not a total jerk.
0: He really did grow throughout the episodes Mm -hmm. between SG-1 and Atlantis. I mean, who would have thought what happens to him would happen to him? Oh, Connor kind of Trinneer. Michael. Back on the show now.
1: Yeah, is he finished with other acting work?
0: Well, I imagine this is all he was doing at the time. Mm. I think the last thing I've seen him in was probably *Suit*. But he's also been in *NCIS*, *LA*, *Mentalist*, and *The Closer*. And helped him stop the
4: hives from reaching Earth. You still place me under guard.
2: You have betrayed our trust in the past.
4: Trust? I was your prisoner then. And despite what I've done for you.
2: His makeup looked a little off.
0: He doesn't look pure Wraith, does no. he? He's still like he's in a slight in intermediate stage. I can't say I'm surprised.
4: I wasn't welcome among my own kind. Why should I be welcome here?
2: Pretty much what I was. The makeup artists are trying some new transitional phase oh. for him. She looked at me as if I was some kind of unclean
4: thing. I may appear as a Wraith again on the outside, but as far as they're concerned, I'm as
2: far as they're concerned,
0: I'm food. Uh, yes.
1: Help me, Obi-Taylor-1, you're my only hope.
0: It's almost as if they want us to feel sorry for him.
2: What do you want? I can't
4: stay here, and I can't return to the Wraith.
0: Which means I need
4: to make my
2: own way.
0: But I do get these great shoulder pads. (laughs) Yeah,
2: His face just doesn't look right, either for Wraith or human at this point.
0: Yeah, normally, you know, the skin's a lot more pale. You don't see a lot of the detail.
3: We are grateful for your help. But we can never release you, not with the information you possess. Then kill
1: me now!
0: Say, Connor and uh, Martin Wood had a big discussion about how he was supposed to play this role. He ended up doing it so that when he was acting as a wraith, he was more wraith, and when he was talking to humans, he was acting more human. Very premeditated and manipulative.
4: And if I remember nothing of what or who I am, if this consciousness is erased... What is the difference between that and death? And if I do remember and revert back to my true nature...
0: I'm glad he said that because when you get right down to it, this whole idea is ridiculous. Just kill him and be done with it.
2: Yeah, but then SG-1 isn't upholding the morals of the SGCE. If you really believe that,
4: those wraith you transformed wouldn't be in stasis on the ship.
2: Costume's reminding you of something. The shoulder pads. I can't think of what it is. Reveling
0: in your hospitality. Like something from He Man?
2: No. Okay, <laughs> Actually, I was thinking more Lex, but I'm not sure.
0: Mm, yeah, huh? but there'd be more flesh on display for Lex. Well, on,
2: on huh? Rachel Luttrell's part at least, yeah. Come in. Dr. Weir?
3: Mr. Wilsey
2: they must have loved these underground sets because they could just be mm. as boring as they wanted.
0: <laughs> Can I put a few pictures on the walls? Are they planes? No. Yes. Well, then, no. <laughs> <Go> on. <laughs>
1: that's an F 117A. Eh?
0: No, that's a stealth bomber.
1: Don't you yeah. know the proper designation code for it?
0: Was it a B1 or is it a B2? a B2 to me. I'm sure there's a podcast about <laughs> that would be able to identify these. Yeah. That <laughs> hmm. fact, probably a podcast that could tell you what make that coffee maker is
4: temporary reinstatement pending a detailed report on the
0: situation in Pegasus. At the station she's still wearing that damn t-shirt
1: because the only clothing that costume was found that actually fits her.
0: <laughs>
4: Have you ever been off-world before, Mr. Woolsey? Sure. Once. And how did that go for you? I was nearly killed.
1: Yes. Yeah, that went well, didn't it?
2: Sorry. Sure
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure it's not nearly.
2: <laughs> oh no that,
1: that because... could have been red though sure you know, you're more than nearly killed this time <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. but that will shave almost two weeks off our travel time I've never met an Asgard you I think will love them they got a great sense of humour
1: really?
2: Hmm. no
0: you'd expect somebody at the IOA would have met the Asgard and it would have been Wolsey
2: thought he did meet Thor yeah, he says he didn't uh, oh no, well, no, because when Thor was there, that was with Senator Kinsey.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it was, yes. The Supreme Commander.
2: Yes. Spin like a top. You didn't think it'd be hard, did you? That just proves my
3: confidence in you wasn't misplaced. So far, we can't get the ship to respond to anything but the most basic commands. That doesn't do
2: us much good. Really?
0: That actually looks a very nice little set. It's
2: got a very Farscape
0: feel to it, though. Organic, yeah.
2: Considering this is made after Farscape, not too surprising.
0: Yeah, so this set also doubled up as the uh, Transport and the Queen's Chamber. They actually joked on the commentary, they spent 20 minutes cutting a load of wires in the ceiling that ran to some lights, which kept blinking, <laughs> and it just didn't look right. You know, whenever they get a spaceship, it doesn't last long, so no. what are the odds that they keep this for more than an episode?
1: Whenever they get a spaceship.
2: That's a good point. Whenever they do get a big spaceship, it seems to blow up or self destruct. Meaning what? Meaning the 200 prisoners we've got in stasis, we can't
4: keep them in there forever. Hey, <laughs> Are you my
3: executioner? I wish.
1: He just shot him!
0: (laughs) Yeah, stun setting. I didn't think Ronan
1: knew how to use the stun setting.
0: (laughs) John probably set the gun first. Don't change it, Ronan.
1: Seriously, I Ronan's the closest thing we've got to a Klingon. Hair and everything.
0: Yeah. Now this is a one shot, following the two guys. If you look at the the wraith, if you look closely, you might see the same face pop up now and again.
1: You know that 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 guy on the left, if his skin were a little paler, you know what it would remind you of? Who? Bolton. Volt. Defiance. Oh.
2: You see what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. the white hair and everything. You'll have to forgive the absolute awful wigs that most of the uh, extras have got on.
2: Some of them are very bad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a medical situation and he has medical reasons. A few people are under quarantine. Why only the men? The women are immune to the strain, so are most of my people. Um, we've been over this a few times. I know, well, i until just tell Dr. Beckett can clear you. There's nothing I can do.
0: Lathan, Bram Taylor, he's been in Cold Squad, Master Dovora, Andromeda and Jeremiah. Makes two appearances in Atlantis and uh, one appearance in the I wonder,
1: does he appear as a wraith right with the wig lighter? It's not like he's got a lot of hair to hide.
3: How's it coming? I'm going to need more time. Be better off conducting this research back on Atlantis. And what?
2: Just leave them here.
0: If you think about it, the, the bold wraith, main wraith, main wraith, main wraith main wraiths. were the drones mm-hmm. and the ones with hair were the male wraith. You're supposed to teach them to administer the drug themselves. I have trained several of them to act as my assistants. Good, then there should be no problem.
3: Colonel, there's more here to what I'm doing than just sticking needles in their arms. For one, I have to make sure there's no signs of reversion. This planet has no gate. They've got no way
2: off. Whatever happens, we're
0: covered. There's always going to be a problem, John. Come on.
2: And how do you teach them to look for signs of reversion without teaching them what the reversion means?
0: Yes. This is one huge, complicated endeavour that they're doing.
2: I can't even imagine how
0: anyone thought this would work. No. I mean, they're hoping that Corson actually perfects this drug while they are On this planet.
1: Well, it's the classic statement, isn't it? You know, it seemed like a good idea at the time.
0: Yes, but the previous ideas that they've had in relation to the uh, erratus virus have failed spectacularly.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they managed to make Jill's state look ugly.
2: (laughs) Why? I'm sure there was a thing in the show that meant why couldn't they have just dumped the humans on a planet without spaceships or communicators? You know, with no Stargate on the, the planet. And then if they reverted back, big deal.
0: They did. That's almost like just leaving them to die. And of course, they don't want to do that, do they? Well, they
2: can leave them with enough stuff to survive and make a new colony. If they go wraith, you know, there's no one around for them to hurt, other than themselves.
3: Yeah. What did he say?
4: Nothing. He won't tell us anything. He's hiding something.
0: Hello. (laughs) Like
4: what? I only know that something's not right.
2: I like how his hair is also not the white of everyone else.
0: Yeah, so that's one of the problems that Michael looked totally human. And he shouldn't do, really. No.
4: Hm. How do you know that's true? We don't know them. We don't even know ourselves. They're helping us. By keeping us trapped here with barely enough food? And no idea when
2: or if we'll ever be allowed to leave? That is a bad wig there on the right.
0: Yeah. Is that a Deluise under that wig? <laughs> yeah. If it were SG-1, it probably would have been.
1: <laughs> no, he seems to hold himself far too intelligently to be a Deluise.
0: <laughs> this is one decision they did make. They didn't want Michael to be the instigator of this rebellion. They wanted him to be in the dark like most most of these people.
2: Did they give a reason why? Other than just so it's not michael centric?
0: Well, it was too obvious that Michael would be doing it. Mm. I mean, this is reasonable. Even if He wasn't... You would have doubts, wouldn't you? Oh, you've forgotten everything, but there's no members of your family. There's no women or anything. There's just you in this... These aliens are taking you from your planet because you've got a plague. You'd be suspicious.
2: Yeah. I forget, why is Michael called Michael?
0: Well, that's the name they gave him. Ken Moore was because it was a location in Scotland on a calendar in Beckett's office.
2: Why not give him... Or why didn't he come up with a Wraith name for when he went back to being a Wraith?
0: Oh, you mean why did he keep it? Yeah. Mm. Well, we've never, actually, I don't, we've never actually heard a Wraith name, have we?
2: No, this is the first yeah. time Lathan and Michael aren't too bad, but I can't think Michael's going to hold up compared to the rest of the names.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Is Well, would they remember their own names? That's a question, isn't it? That's
2: well, a good point. Maybe, mm.
0: maybe We're going down a rabbit hole here, I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As commander of the Daedalus, I have standing orders to help out around here whenever possible, but I'm not a member of this expedition. I don't answer to the IOA and unless otherwise directed by my superiors, I don't have to answer your questions.
0: Oh, balcony in! Believe it or not, when they normally due to balcony scene, they always have a fan mm. to make sure. You can see that you know, they're on a balcony. The wind's moving. Of course, once they set up the fan and they looked at these <laughs> pair and they realized-
1: What's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like the hair is gonna be blowing in the wind. The
2: IOA doesn't really want militarization. They're just afraid they may have no other choice well these two guys here also you have just super genre mashup oh with yeah the X-Files and everything oh yeah Star Trek and everything else
1: well that place is there any major science fiction franchise that Rob Ricardo hasn't been in
4: <laughs> sounds like you're saying you won't come out against Dr. Weir only because you're not
0: confident of the outcome
2: what I'm saying Mr. Wolsey let's have a pleasant evening
0: I mean it's a great scene it's so much not being said yeah two fantastic TV actors
3: okay doc last chance we're packed up and ready to roll Colonel we've got a problem Lathan's missing
4: he didn't turn up for his last treatment and nobody's seen him have they
2: that uh, overhaul isn't fitting that bad wig right there very well either
3: (laughs) it's right, Michael tell him what you told me
4: Lathan's convinced this whole thing is some kind of elaborate lie I tried to tell him you were doing your best to help us that maybe the sickness was playing with his mind but he
3: wouldn't listen you're saying he's not lost. He's hiding. It's possible. Can I think it's best if we find him as soon as possible before he of the plague, car Okay, let's get a search party going. We'd like to help.
2: He is one of us.
0: Nope. Lathan's done a runner. Uh,
2: yeah, and you know, I just realized they did a bad job with the clothes. With their little onesie outfits, they might as well be in prison orange.
0: Yes.
1: Well, I mean, Connor's used to wearing the onesie and acting in sci-fi.
2: I think they could have given them clothes that let them look more like the Atlantis crew. Still different enough so that they could be easily identified by look without looking like they're in prison outfit.
0: Yeah, the Athosians could have given them clothes. Yeah. And of course, being single, single die, it does it's going to make you paranoid, isn't it? If, you, if they just gave you normal clothes, you'd think, oh, these are my clothes. Right. You know.
2: But, you know, all the people there with the guns have clothes on. We're in overalls. Yeah. You missed a treatment.
0: There you are.
4: I'm starting to remember. It's just flashes, images in my head. Something's definitely coming back to me. Don't you see what this means? They're not curing us. They're keeping us this way. We must
1: make our move and quickly.
0: Me and the boys were worried about you. (laughs) They don't look friendly. Mm. They really don't. They do not look.
1: (laughs) Well, you know why they don't look friendly? They're disciples of Rowan. Look at the bangs. (laughs) they they got threads on. They clearly follow the Roland viewpoint.
3: Found him, sir. What's your location? We're halfway up the ridge that runs south of the camp. He must have been trying to climb down and lost his footing. Are you saying he's injured? No, sir. He's dead.
0: Oh, poor Latham. That's Lieutenant Morrison, M.A. Ineke. Two episodes of SG-1, as well as this Atlantis episode. He's been in Fringe, Alcatraz, Smallville, Chaos, and Andromeda.
2: I thought that one had a lot of promise
0: Now let's put him open
2: i prepared the injections for this morning's first
0: group When you go Can I watch? Go on, please let me watch I'll be quiet
3: You'll be fine Merrick, I've seen you do it a dozen times Besides I've got work to do here You're going to examine the body? Well, the cause of death is quite obvious His neck was broken But there are some tests I can perform that could help with my research At least that way something good might come of this
0: now, the question is, was he... I don't think he was one of those with Michael, was he? Mm. Was he actually trying to delay an examination? Was I Chuck Carson?
2: I just curious. I think, yeah, I think it was just curious.
4: We've all logged more than a few miles these past few weeks.
0: Rodney looks sceptical. Skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, everybody's up.
2: <laughs> well, Ronan's looking all rock star there in the back, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, isn't that sweet? The family's all back together. Well, apart from costume, of course.
3: You don't have to say it.
4: We feel the same way you do. Oh, she feels hungry, too?
0: Hmm? Oh, Rodney's incorrigible.
4: Taylor, I understand navigating the Hive ship wasn't a particularly pleasant experience. Uh, The neural interface was
3: quite exhausting.
4: And that was just flying in a straight line. I mean, she'll never be able to pull off anything complex, like uh, combat maneuverability, weapons control. uh... How many
3: maneuvers can you pull off with your manual interface? Well, does um, standing still count as a maneuver?
0: Shut up, Rodney. <laughs> you realise what an idiot you were, Rodney. Well done.
3: The deadly table.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and you are... Richard Woolsey.
4: He is Chief Liaison to the International Committee that oversees the Atlantis Expedition.
0: Again, this was discussed. How should Woolsey act with all these people? First, turn your back to them, stick your arse in the faces, and then push we out of the way. <laughs> 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 Serves him right, <laughs> doesn't it? Serves him right.
1: This isn't high school.
2: And Jeffrey sidesteps having to say anything at the meeting for at least half.
1: <laughs> well, it's not as if you have to encourage Rodney to talk.
0: True. Now look at this. A fancy camera angle just to indicate how steep this cliff face is. The actual scene was written so the guy fell down a cliff and, you know, his body bruised and battered. Unfortunately, when they got to the location, there wasn't a cliff there. There was a slight rise.
2: So this is all perspective?
0: Yeah, if you tilt the camera a bit, it makes a cliff look really steep. But of course, the trees are all not exactly growing vertically. Mm.
3: <laughs> Notice what? There isn't enough blood on the ground, which indicates that his heart wasn't pumping when he fell. Now, he definitely died when his neck was snapped. But I'm beginning to think the rest of his injuries occurred post-mortem. Presumably to make it look like an accident. Look, it's going to be dark soon. You'd better start back now and we'll talk about it when you get here.
1: I... It doesn't look anywhere near dark.
0: June.
3: Does it, well, it
1: doesn't even look like it, the... it doesn't, you know? It looks like the middle of the day.
0: Yeah. Night comes quick.
1: Through the trees. The sun's just yeah. past Apex here.
0: <laughs> or just
2: before Apex. <laughs> that the lies
4: you're telling these people are beginning to wear a bit thin.
2: Okay, I gotta say, nice touch with props here for Woolsey. That he would actually bother to bring a freaking briefcase with him.
0: <laughs> he goes everywhere with a briefcase. He's just that sort of guy.
1: He's Mr. Briefcase.
4: You may have never set out to create this community, but you did create.
3: We did what we had to do in order to survive. I'm sure it seemed like a good idea at the time.
2: But I mean, that that also deals with the whole bureaucrat thing. You know, not only does he have his little pad of paper there, the little leather portfolio, he's got the briefcase. It's well,
1: not only that. I mean, Shepard can't even lean too far forward with it, stabbing himself at the table. <laughs>
2: True. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it yeah. forces
1: someone the back foot, as it were.
0: That's a rehearsed scene, Joe and Robert. Oh, uh, they could get instinct when each each guy was going to lean forward to emphasize what they were saying.
4: That support hardly shines through when you hesitate to call them people.
0: That's a bloody good point, Mister Woolsey.
2: Harrison is not made for jumping around the
0: forest. <laughs> he really should have, you know, should have been working in ER back on Earth or a nice little private practice up in Scotland with me. See now, this is. Your alarm bell should be ringing. Yeah.
2: This now looks close to dark, though, with
0: the sun at the angle of
1: the sun. Yeah. I wonder—is that just a filter, though, on the camera?
0: Yeah, they did. They colorized it a little. A little, yeah. Because
1: yeah, it looks grayer than it.
0: Carson, I think you better remember a little nursery rhyme about teddy bears and their picnics.
3: Just out of uh, political curiosity, how much trouble is it going to cause you if I knock this Woolsey guy in the head? Hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, it makes a, such a great first impression.
2: That's very O'Neill line, too. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: I've never seen you like this. What did Wolsey say to you? Besides judging every damn decision you've ever made? John Shepard, are you defending my honor?
0: She likes it, John.
3: And judging me for agreeing with you.
1: Hmm. Now I'm defending the fact that you found something other than a t shirt to wear.
4: <laughs> He's the least likely to actually bite. In fact, he might even convince the
2: others to leave us alone.
1: Probably a vegetarian, Wolf.
2: I like that Weir is enough of the politician that she recognizes Wolsey as being the safest of the IOC uh, bureaucrats.
1: Well, the advantage of the other IOC bureaucrats is, last time we took them off, Wolsey erased most of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think the fact that she got to sit down and chat with him before they came back to Atlantis really, you know, kind of sealed the deal.
1: Oh dear. This isn't good.
0: He actually got them to sing Kumbaya while they were standing there. <laughs> the benefits of them being just extras and Martin being so, the director. There's a Dr. Beckett. Come in. Morrison. No, don't go backwards. Uh-oh. I'm afraid the
4: lieutenant and his men are indisposed.
1: Oh, dear.
3: Michael, listen to me. You're sick. You need to take your medication now.
4: It's too late for that, Doctor. I've regained enough memory to know that you've done this to me not once, but twice. You witnessed how hurt, how betrayed I felt the first time? Well, try to imagine how I feel now.
3: Why'd you have to kill Lathan?
4: He was stirring up trouble, but I knew our only chance was to wait until Colonel Shepard left with the soldiers. Most of them, anyway.
3: But with the ship gone, what's the point? You've got no hope of escape.
0: That's where you're wrong. Well, he looks a little different. How many gods have you got, Carson? Three, is that it? The reason he's walking so stuntedly is that he had to actually do his all his lines, look Carson in the face half the time, and the walking across, of course, real woodland. <laughs> Didn't want to fall down.
2: Haven't they, like, switched Michael back and forth from human to wraith more than mm-hmm. just twice?
1: No, just twice.
2: I thought there were, like, three or four sequences wrapped up in that one episode.
0: No, they showed the steps as he transformed. Oh, okay. Over a period of days.
4: It doesn't have a stargate, and there's no indication that it ever supported a human population.
1: It is completely
0: off the grid. And this annoyed him the graphic. This is a projected course. There should be a straight line from point A to point B. Well,
1: they're showing it relative to Atlantis, so it mightn't be a straight line.
0: No, it was supposed to be a straight line. Yeah, I
2: thought it was there showing the, the Wraith ship had been on a course and has now deviated towards that planet.
1: Isn't
0: it true that there are humans in
4: this galaxy who serve the Wraith, even worship them? How hard would it be for them to infiltrate one of our allied
3: groups? Mr Woolsey, do you think we post this kind of information on the city bulletin board? If the Wraith had that level of inside information, they'd be on their way to Atlantis. That's some nameless planet with a couple hundred
2: people on it.
0: You listen to the commentary, <laughs> it should have been a straight line.
2: <laughs> well, he's just wrong.
0: What does a director know? Exactly. <laughs> they left it like that, obviously, because after the fact, when they realised the mistake, it was too late to change. And it was intended to be used in the second scene. Where it does make sense, the actual ship changed course towards the planet. And of course, the Wraith doing their Kumbai orbit, telepathically calling towards their brethren. Right. Makes it even more sense that the ship changed course somewhere
2: in the middle of its light.
4: What are our chances of surviving a ship-to-ship encounter? If I can get the manual interface working, I'd say
2: less than slim. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Not good then. It's Rodney, come on.
2: He'll pull something out of that magic hat.
0: Was is changed to a proper jumpsuit. Mm.
2: Did he ever do the SG-1? End up being not in a suit?
0: No, I don't believe so. Mm. Always in a suit. <laughs> Lovable, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> it's a cruel world being a wraith. Let's hope the hide that turns up is a little more compassionate.
2: I just got curious, so I looked up permead mm. The Asgard on the ship. Oh, Hemroid. <laughs> mother is his uh, the old Norse name. He was in the Edda some skaldic poetry and in Beowulf he's a Danish king driven to exile mm. so the Asgard names were as accurate as their Egyptian and Greek name
0: One of the benefits, that's one of the plus points of the showing into they do actually do a little bit of research Yeah, It's very simple but it's very effective as well If your memory's coming back you should remember what happened last time you tried to rejoin the raid.
4: It'll be enough to escape
2: this rock so what do you need me for? I mean there must be a reason you're keeping me alive
4: I need to know what secondary security measures Colonel Shepard put in place before he left. Hmm.
0: Now, this is the problem here. Parson is not a military man. He's compassionate, empathic. He's going to be easily manipulated. Let's face it, Michael's already twisted tail around his little finger, using his seditious mind powers. Yeah. How many years of your life will I have to take away before you tell me what I want to know?
4: That's hardly a threat. Since you're obviously you're going to kill me anyway. You
0: underestimate your own value,
1: Doctor. Look! They don't tell me this sort of
0: thing. I'm just a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Just stick a fork in him.
1: Yeah, see if he's done. You gotta wonder, though, does that count as properly aged meat? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes, do various shades of skin or air color alter the taste of the life force. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a happy life, is it more sweet?
2: I'm surprised they didn't actually go into that a little bit with Joe. show. That would have been something... You know, cruel for the Wraith to say, well, they're trying to taunt Shepard or something at some point.
3: It's not as strong as it used to be. Believe me.
4: You're exactly what I need. Now, let's begin.
1: Just me. at the end of that tunnel look a bit like a Stargate.
2: A little bit. Oh look, they're playing asteroids.
0: Pew <laughs> pew 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 pew.
2: That man over there is playing Galaga, and he didn't think we'd notice. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: We have weapons yet. Sort of. What does
3: that mean? Well, we can fire, but uh, not in any particular direction. Well, you're gonna have to do better than that. Oh,
4: believe
0: me, no one wants to survive this mission more than I do. So, why are they going? <laughs> you
2: know? Well, I find it interesting that, especially with Atlantis. It's always about, do we have enough power in the batteries? Yeah. yeah. As advanced as these technologies were supposed to have been, these cultures were supposed to have been, you'd think they'd have better batteries.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that could create ZPMs at will. They never had energy issue. True. You know, one ran out, well, well, just make another one then.
2: He's cleared us to fly, albeit reluctantly, whether or not he's happy about it is beside the point. Anyway, I'm sure Colonel Shepard would appreciate the help.
3: Thank you. Dedalus out. Set a course? Yes, sir.
0: That
1: was a very rough exit from hyperspace.
0: Well, Taylor's not perfect. Isn't that a pretty shot? I love how the Hive looked, though. That's yeah, a lot of lights. That's where all the power's going. Everybody's left the lights <laughs> off.
1: Be- it was a beautiful shot, Tom. i I surprised you weren't oogling oo- oo-
0: it. <laughs> I know what's going to happen to it in a bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm in mourning. <laughs> Any
3: sign of the other Hive ship? No, we're clear. All right, pass me through the camp. Just give me a second. That's weird bunch of secondary systems just came online genius Rodney true but I didn't do it it's like they just woke up by themselves
0: hasn't Rodney put in a requisition for a new laptop yet that must be getting old
2: that was one of the things that stupid things that I kind of liked about the Atlantis first came on was the Dell yeah. laptop yeah were pretty much the same model I had just bought from Dell at that time so they're really <laughs> current computers to be on the
0: show they probably got a better deal by buying in bulk though yeah <laughs> <laughs>
4: I have no way to distinguish them from the other human life signs. I can't say for sure either way.
0: Oh dear. Yeah. That's interesting too. The ship actually responded to the telepathic yes. signal, not through any uh, actual manual control. Again, it indicates how organic. It's not exactly, as we said, Farscape Moya type, right. but probably getting there.
3: Well,
1: on, on, on the bright side, at least the ship can't get pregnant.
2: <laughs> I remember that episode.
1: Episode? It was basically an entire season and a half devoted oh, was to it.
2: it. It's been, I think it's been over 10 years since I've watched Farscape.
1: Thanks to pointers from certain co-hosts and sort of cheap offers, I have Farscape on Blu-ray. <laughs>
3: Michael got his memory back. They could all know about Atlantis by now and how to find Earth. We can't take that chance. Once so we get our people out, give you the signal, you set off the nuke.
0: I like that. They added a nice echo and reverb effect as they walked through the huge landing bay
2: like a desk lamp over
0: there on the side behind Tita. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Damn shame you couldn't trigger. Them. There is
1: a new. Oh yeah. There's a nuclear weapon to default SGC solution. Well, what else have they got? They got an aqua bombs.
2: Now, did the Wraith not know Shepard was there because their sensors aren't fully online yet? or
1: Maybe it's a Microsoft operating system. They're running It hasn't been patched. <laughs>
2: well,
0: they haven't got any sensors, have they? They're just there.
2: But, I mean, I thought, I thought the Wraith, with them being telepathic, could actually sense the human life lumps nearby them.
0: No, because they could only sense Taylor because she's got Wraith DNA. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's one of the, the little uh, questions raised about Michael's ability to influence people telepathically. Technically, he shouldn't be able to, but he's been human, so mm. who knows what his DNA is up to at the moment. Blow the place.
3: Boom! Randy, right, come in. What's happening? we got Carson. Morse and his team are dead. We're heading back. We're clear. Light it up. Understood.
0: Carson should be thankful that they couldn't remote detonate this from Atlanta, so we wouldn't have bothered going fetching it.
3: Three, two, one. Where
2: is Michael?
0: <laughs> That's where he is. I don't understand. The
4: bomb is receiving a detonation signal. If I hadn't deactivated it, we'd all be dead.
3: Rodney. I don't understand it. What happened? You mean what didn't
2: happen? You're telling me the bomb didn't go off?
0: He got the location of the nuke from Carson. Mm. Why he should know where they put it, I'm not sure. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't think Carson would even accept knowing
0: that information. No, he'd he'd probably be nervous. Is it safe? Is it safe? Yeah. (laughs) Can it go off? Well,
1: that'd be more of a Rodney thing.
0: And I had have buried it under the camp, not in a cave, yeah. God knows how far away. Should we search for the prisoner? There's no point. He's been taken up to their
4: ship by now. In any case,
0: he's served his purpose.
4: There's nothing left for us to do but wait for our brothers to rescue us soon.
0: Christopher Hyadel is in the crowd. Yay! <laughs> you can't leave the Wraith anywhere, that's... The problem with this whole story art never leave a live enemy behind you. Oh, they were so close to getting away.
2: Saw him in a preview or something, he's looking really old.
0: Well, he has been around a while, yeah. you know.
3: Hey, <laughs> doing with the weapons? We couldn't hit the side of a barn, ships are times a bigger. giant flying barn. We couldn't hit that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you hit a planet for me. I can just about do that.
1: Can I hit a planet? I can blow up a planet.
2: <laughs> yeah. But Sam can blow up the sun and he's always mm-hmm. going to be jealous
0: of that. Oh, look at Carson. We can save a few of them. Don't worry about it. Let it go, Carson. Let it go. They were dead right from the beginning. The fact that they've lived a couple of weeks longer is the bonus.
2: Yeah. There, there. Carson really doesn't belong at Atlanta.
0: We can give him the benefit of the doubt, but this mm-hmm. has been a Unmitigated disaster. Fire. Oh dear. Oh, that's bad timing, that is. Oh, <laughs> that's not gonna be good. Nope. It's
3: the other hive! We're taking multiple hits! What about the target? It's hard to say for sure how accurate our fire has been. Blanket the entire area, we can't afford a mistake.
0: You think? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Load it Uh not
0: so that, let's go. <laughs> Rodney should be a blur in the distance mm. by now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. <laughs> and now they're going to actually want us to believe that they escaped from that. The bridge, I guess, is nowhere near the hangar bay. Nope.
2: Yep. it never should be anywhere near the hangar
0: bay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the other hive. It could be the other hive. There seems quite a lot of pieces. Oh yeah, a Bullet would have a real bad day with all that debris flying around. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's debris from a hive ship, sir.
3: Life science?
4: No,
2: sir.
0: Rose, thinking, this is getting really repetitive. Every other mission, John disappears and is considered dead.
2: John's in competition with the other Air Force college grads. See how many times he can be declared dead. <laughs> yes. Shepard, where the
3: hell are you? Oh,
0: right. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I forgot to decloak. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is too close for comfort. Yeah.
3: Picking up a jumper, sir. Five life signs. You got here in good time, Colonel? We were looking at a long ride
0: home. <laughs> yes. Hundreds of years.
1: Well, no. I mean, I'm sure they just have to get to a gate.
0: And um, where's a gate? In another solar system? Getting to the other gate for years. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the puller jumpers aren't FDL equipped.
1: I'm sure Sam could tinker with one.
0: Yeah, but Sam ain't there.
3: But, of course, it's my fault they were in that position in the first place.
2: So, did Dr. Weir get some hickeys from Wolsey and that's where the next zip <laughs> all the way up?
0: It probably does explain why Wolsey is being very cooperative.
2: <laughs> they got a little overly friendly on the uh, ride out.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was a long trip. What, what are you going to do? Those cruise romances, you know. Yes. And allowed your team to escape.
3: I didn't make that decision.
4: But you would have. If, hypothetically, Dr. McKay had managed to get the Hive subspace communicator working and you'd been apprised of the situation.
0: Yeah. If that happened and that happened, then you would have said that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm putting in my report. (laughs) In fact, they don't want to know that.
4: You see, in my business, sometimes it's more important not to let inconvenient facts get in the way of the greater truth.
0: Oh, a politician to the core. You should remain here. charge of this expedition the truth such an awkward thing to deal with indeed for the moment in this case it does kind of work out quite well for him but when you start changing the facts for reports you know it's a slippery slope
2: this was where he really started being humanized though Finished the humanization of his character
0: yeah but he left him with a bit of a threat for now
2: he's bureaucrat so he's not going to give a definitive answer when he can vague it up
0: leave your options open by being a bit more vague
1: never commit to anything
0: exactly and that was Misbegotten. When Jeff actually said he didn't mind doing this episode, I was a bit curious because I didn't really reckon much to it. Second and third viewing, it wasn't that bad.
2: No, it's not. It's not the strongest episode of the show, but it, it's a good episode, though.
0: It probably suffers coming off the back of the season opener. You know, that was a pretty big episode to follow. I'd agree. Boom. Hmm. Hello, Alan.
1: Yes, I said boom.
0: <laughs> okay, folks, that sums up Alan's contribution to this week's episode. <laughs> boom. is <laughs> what happened. Yeah, but the nuke was supposed to go boom. It didn't go boom.
2: I was thinking for once, nuking it from orbit didn't make it sure.
0: (laughs) True. (laughs) What did Ripley know? (laughs) Martin Wood, the director of this episode, he eventually directed 47 episodes of SU 1, 29 of Atlantis. He didn't direct any universe because he was working on Sanctuary, in which he directed 27 episodes of that, as well as the six of the web episodes. He's currently directing Cedar Cove. He also worked on Jeremiah and Primeval New World. Paul Mulley and Joseph Malozzi, the writers and producers of the show, they wrote 38 episodes of SG-1, 15 of Atlantis, and 12 of Universe. Were executive producers for 150 episodes. Although if you look at IMDb, most of the long-term staff writers eventually got producer credits as well. They were expected to do more than write an episode.
2: Hmm. Reasonably easy, slash maybe even cheap way to give people promotions or bonuses for sticking around for a while.
1: It could be a paper title, you know, extra walk, no extra money.
0: Yeah. The Writers Guild and the Directors Guild and all that sort of thing, you know, they get the first year.
1: If you read any of JMS's stories, writers are treated really, really
0: badly. In publications, maybe, but not on television.
1: Uh, he's mainly written in television.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> so that was his own show, and he's only got himself to blame for not paying himself enough. <laughs> it was that or an extra coat for... Garibaldi.
2: I I think and a lot of writers, not all of them by any means, but a lot of them seem to eventually move on to directing or producing at some point. That there seems to be a transition they go through.
0: You also get more control over what you write. Right. Paul and Joseph producing their own scripts that they write for the show. Although in the in an interview I uh, heard from Joseph, he was actually pointing out there were a writing duo. But Paul ended up doing more of the writing because Joseph preferred editing. Paul worked more in producing, you know, so a pretty good combination for him. Stargate did promote a lot in-house, and I think that is a strength. but As I said before, it was also a weakness because you didn't get a lot of new blood in the show.
2: No, but I think by doing that, it's where we have the callbacks, the little bits from earlier episodes that really tie everything together.
0: Yeah, swings and roundabouts. You know, as we've seen when JMS wrote Babylon 5, virtually all to himself, how many episodes did he write on? 110? 98. Yeah. Quite a bit of control over where the story went.
1: Well, even when they brought in uh, guest writers in to write other episodes, they got fairly clear, basically, for the arc bits here. They got an outline from JMS and got told, write your script to that.
0: If you follow Star Trek, the original series uh, and the episode, City on the Edge of Forever, which was... Oh, what's his name?
2: You have the pretty poster of it, don't you now?
0: All in Ellison's script. Yes, I do have the pretty poster of it. <laughs> <laughs> a canvas, even. All in
2: ho- Harlan Ellison. Ellison.
0: Yeah, Harlan Ellison wrote the script. It was extensively rewritten, not because the story was bad, because he wasn't familiar with the show, he didn't get the characterization right and the interaction between the characters. And that's something, as you're pointing out, because a lot of the writers are in-house, they're getting that right first time, then they only have to work on getting the story to make sense.
2: Fair enough. I
0: agree with that. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What?
2: I like the yellow ones.
0: Never mind. We got some feedback for last week's show over on Google Plus and Facebook, and lots of favourites and retweets via Twitter. Thank you, everyone. We'll begin with our Facebook feedback. And Victoria Jones posted, I love Claudia in Stargate. I thought Valor was very funny and well-written. I replied, it's amazing that the studio weren't too keen on her character to begin with. Victoria said, I think she made the last few seasons worth watching. Jack was always funny, and without him, she brought it. I replied, yeah, I can see that. Jack was smarter than he let on, but was used to lighten an episode or scene, and almost forced Daniel and Sam to think outside the box. Valor does the same. Adam Nelson joined in. Claudia has a couple of small voice acting roles in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Yvonne Stravosky from Chuck voices Miranda, and let's just say there are a few more voice acting surprises in store. Victoria replied, that's good to know, thanks. Yep, and as we all know, the Stargate connections can lead us off into any genre and any media. Over on our Google Plus group, Mac McLeod posted, Funny episode, love this one. I replied, Valor's antics are a good match for the more serious events happening to SG-1. Although, hey, chasing a lizard in a dark cave has its moments. Mac replied, indeed, my favourite bit is at the end with the sexual advancement comments. That was funny. Yeah, I almost felt sorry for Wolsey. Now for a few Stargate birthdays for the upcoming week. On the 19th of August, Matthew Glaive, who played Colonel Paul Emerson on SG-1, will be celebrating his birth. On the 20th, we have quite a few. First off, Major Kowalski himself, Jay Acavone. Sharing the birthdays, Colin Cunningham, who was Major Davis. Jamel Walker-Smith, aka Master Sergeant Ronald Greer from Stargate Universe, will be celebrating. And the great John Noble, who was Merrick in the SG-1 episode, Camelot. Finally, on the 23rd, the one and only Aaron Douglas has his birthday. Known for many genre roles, including The Chief on Battlestar, he graced SG-1 with two episodes, both times playing a Jafar. Happy birthday, guys, and keep an eye out on our social media and websites, as there are many more birthdays of interest this week. As always, thanks for listening to the show, and special thanks to those who took a second to talk to us and to each other. Thanks to Dan for an update on his arching review, and we'd love some more. I check the US, the UK and Canadian stores regularly, but if you post a review on any of the many, many iTunes stores, let me know so that I don't miss it. You can contact us via our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email, gatecastpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Google+, and on Twitter we are at TheGateCast, which is one word. You can also listen to us via Stitcher Internet Radio and iTunes, and feel free to add our RSS to any podcatcher that you prefer. I know iTunes is not everyone's favourite piece of software, or indeed anything from Apple. Okay, then let's wrap the show up. Next week's episode is going to be oh, the Pegasus Project. Back at the SGC, Brad will be joining us for that. Uh huh. Jeff will be returning. We're going to actually figure them out. Basically, picked a, a bunch of them. Yeah. Pretty sure we'll get most of them in. Dan LaRock has agreed to do an episode with us. Mita Buckley, she's going to do an episode with us, although. We've already figured out which episode she wants Cliff's arming in it. <laughs> she was very easy to please.
2: Yeah, I think the next one I said I was up for was Uninvited, which is two or three episodes away at least at this point.
0: Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed Miss Begotten next week The Pegasus Project. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I'm Jeff. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Au revoir. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> really. <laughs> you've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate Forever.